Welcome to Blood and Spirit, the podcast for Black families evolving. I'm your host, Njamile Ali, and my guest today is Capiche Peterson. We're continuing with season one, exploring family culture in Albany, Georgia. Capiche is an Albany native and a millennial woman in every way. Not only is she in the millennial generation, but she lives the can-do attitude of the most successful of her generational peers. She's an artist, owner and operator of Salon Sophisticates Hair Salon, a mom and a wifey. We'll talk about that later on. And she has wisdom to spare. Welcome to Blood and Spirit Podcast, Capiche. Thank you. Thank you. Great introduction. Thank you for coming. We really appreciate you being here. And you know, we had some talk a couple of weeks ago when I brought my da- granddaughter here to your salon to get a hairdo. She was getting ready for her graduation photos. Mm -hmm. And you shared some thoughts with me that just really touched my heart. You spoke about how moving your salon had really impacted your life. And so uh, talk about that a little bit more for me. Um, I I had a salon uh, for about six years and um, it was a dream come true and then when I switched to, uh, I guess, the family life, it became more of a burden because I had to, I basically had to decide, you know, where I wanted to invest my time, where I wanted to invest more of my money. And at that point, I knew I wanted to invest more of that into my family. So I kind of had to let my career, so to speak, take a, a back seat to my family. Um, I wasn't sure if that's what I wanted to do because I had always been a career person. I had always been working. I had always been, you know, I got to put in these amount of hours. I got to be here this time. I got to do this, a scheduled person. So when I came out of the salon, um, I was looking at it almost as a setback Mm -hmm. until I actually got out of the salon and Mm -hmm. realized it was a come up. All right. All right. And so what was that come up? What was the come up? Tell us about that. Um, like I said, I have a daughter, uh, Abrielle. She's here. Hey, Abrielle. Can we see you a little bit in the, in the, oh, beautiful Abrielle. So tall. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> but she's, she's mainly, um, the main reason why I came out of the salon when she was a, a baby, it was a little easier. Um, but once we started in the school system, we had more, um, restrictions on our time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I needed to be home by a certain time. I couldn't do the late hours at the salon anymore. N- not only that, it was, um, you know, we're at, it's, it's two, I'm a, I'm a, a woman and my daughter, my small baby. Mm-hmm. And we're here nine, 10, 11 o'clock at a salon. And that just wasn't working for me. Mm-hmm. So, um, like I said, I did not want to do it. I fought it. I fought it. I fought it because, you know, by society's pictures, we're supposed to be, Married by 30, uh, first child by 35, you know, you know, gotcha. the timeline, gotcha. you know, the timeline, gotcha. but, um, it wasn't working for me. So I had to figure else, figure something else out. So, uh, when I met the wonderful man that I have, all right now, uh, we dated for a while and he was like, we have all these bills separately. We know we want to, you know, be together. It's going great for us. We already spending all our time together. Why don't we combine some of these things so we can start, you know, having more uh, of a cushion to do the things that we wanted to do with our families? Because why are we spending all this money 
trying to, uh, you know, keep up with the Joneses. Absolutely. And but we're working for our family. But that's the one thing, the the, the one thing the that we don't have who... time for. So it it, may, it didn't make sense. You know, we it made sense on paper, but it didn't make sense when it came down to what I was actually trying to do with my family. So I just had this. I had to get out of my own way and realize it was not me revolving. It was me evolving. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And and that is, that's what this podcast is all about. Black families evolving, making those choices. And they're not easy choices to make. Absolutely. It's not. absolutely not an easy choice to make. And especially not an easy choice to make for women generally. And women usually make that choice between uh, to go with family as opposed to uh, continuing with their career nonstop. It's just that's, that's, that story is so died in the wool so that's just like you know uh, we might as well that's a, with the golden grain you know what i'm saying from sea to shining sea yeah but it also makes you feel like you've lost a piece of your power so to speak because especially if you're a, a career oriented woman or somebody who's been working for years and years and then you finally um, get a family and it's like your priorities all of a sudden change Families change everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she's my first child. So I was just as green and just as new <laughs> and just didn't have a clue and was right. like, okay, well, it sounds good today. So we're going to do it today. But that actually worked. And I don't know how many people, you know, can actually work like that because you literally do not have control of your day. Mm-hmm. You, you plan as much as you can, but when it comes to kids and trying to have a business of your own, you planning is, it's great. It's great, but it never goes exactly according <laughs> to plan. And you should not be worried about it going according to plan. You should just have an outline of what the direction that you want to go and then step out of your way. Exactly. Exactly. As um, I'm a, I, Quincy Jones, I think I'll use his name right now because uh, my, my, man that I'm, you know, my entertainer who was at the top of my list, uh, his name is a little bit tarnished right now, um, but he always did say, make space for God to come into the room. Mm -hmm. You know, um, they make music, you know, they sit there, they write, they um, play with with the audio over and over again. And then at some point you just have to step back and like you said, get out of the way and let that divine source come in and take you the rest of the distance. So you, your salon was over there on Broad Avenue. Correct. Right off of Slappy Drive, which is a major intersection in Albany. Mm-hmm. Across the street from Midtown, which used to be, um, that was our first mall, remember back in the day. Yeah, I heard. I wasn't, I didn't know about it until after I got in the area and that's what I heard, that mm-hmm. it used to be the place to be like the, the spot the, the the place that's now a furniture store used to be jc penny's jc penny's held held that corner like for many many years so so midtown shopping center was the spot and uh your salon is right across the street from was right across the street from there and so when you move from from the uh salon um this beautiful man that you're talking about who's now in your life mm-hmm. helped you to do what 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 did he, what happened next um well, before I left the salon, I was, I guess, running around like a chicken with the head cut off. Mm-hmm. And 
he, of course, he saw the frustration. Of course, he he would hear my many rants and raves, but um, he he always had a solution. So the thing when you start off at, at your house, you know, to make to get to a salon, that's like your goal, and then mm-hmm. to franchise, that's your goal. Mm-hmm. So coming back was like, like I said, it felt like a step back. But when he explained everything to me and was like, this is what you said you want. Mm -hmm. This is how we can make it happen. Mm -hmm. He showed it to me. Not only that, he invited me into this space. He said, he he brought me over here. He said, when you move over here, I was not living here at the time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He said, when you move here, what do you think this space could be? And I was, of course, didn't have a clue. I don't know, uh, a she shed, (laughs) a wine cellar. You know, I'm throwing out, I don't know, I don't know. But he was like, you got to think about it. He was like, we got the sink. So the space that we uh, renovated was the the house's original kitchen. Okay. And so we demoed and we brought most of all my stuff from the salon. And me, him, and my dad basically put the salon together from that's family. That that's family. That's family working. And that's what we're looking at behind us, right? We're looking at your, your shampoo yeah. station over there. We've got products galore. we got hair hanging on the wall. <laughs> We've got yeah. an apron, you know, and, and we got this beautiful girl who helped us help to inspire that motion because she made you know, reminded you that what it was all about was for her. And they can't Absolutely. leave her behind in the process. Absolutely. A lot of times, though, um, us young adults, when we don't have kids, money is all we know. Money is, you know, we know that makes the world go round. Mm-hmm. We know if I make a certain amount, I can do a certain uh, whatever, you know, a certain time. But kids, they um, they bring spontaneity into your life. They They make you really jump out of yourself Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so like i said once i got out of myself and out of my own way then i could kind of understand like what all that does make sense and Mm -hmm. if everything was like made sense everything was logic and then so me being the logical person that i am i'm like well why i couldn't think of that why (laughs) but it's because i was too busy living what i thought Mm-hmm. was how it was supposed to go. And, you know, a partnership is a beautiful thing. Absolutely. To have two heads working on, on one project and you know you got, you know, you, you know they got your back. A head you can trust. A head you can trust. And, and, that's, gonna, and that's working to help both of, you, um, both of you go forward. And he is an absolute hidden gem. Absolutely. Absolute hidden gem. All of the work, I mean, the amount of work that has gone into into the building of this uh, this space is fantastic. And, you know, the, the last time I was here, I saw this, this mural size painting on the wall. And I'm like, and you tell me that he did that. And let's not keep calling him he. We're talking about Chris, right? We're talking about my bae, <laughs> who started off as Mr. Chris and evolved to uh Mr. Chrissy head and then on to stepdaddy to step step. Okay, okay. So yeah. many names, many faces, many trades, many talents. Many talents, many talents. We've got Anks um around here that he has carved out of 
cedar and a piece of wood on the side of the road. We got Georgia plaques, you know, around here that are just beautiful. We got giant letters that are going to be used at wedding events. I mean, he is an absolute treasure and he is uh, helping me set up my studio space. And uh, right now we're, we're in your salon, but he's, he's helping me get my studio space together slowly but surely. Uh, Cause I'm in and out of there. Like, you know, it's a second home in Paris or something, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, when I'm there and, and ready for him to, to go to the next level of things that we talked about, he's ready. And I really appreciate that. And um, we're going to be um, featuring some of his work um, as we go along, as we get our website built out, we'll be featuring some of his uh, work on the website and folks will be able to take advantage of some of Albany's hidden gems and get that in your own house. So tell me, um, with all of this get up and go, all of this family perspective and all of that that you, that you just gave us in a package, how did you become this person? You know, who, who's responsible for this? What part of it is nature and what part of it is nurture? A lot of it is nurture. A lot of it is nurture. Uh, look, <laughs> a lot of it is nurture. Uh, my parents are, are both um, big into family, especially my dad. Um, grew up in a house where you could not argue with okay. your sister like, mm. and talk about fighting like who you must want to fight a parent oh wow because they just weren't they weren't having it so um but my grandmother my my dad's mom she was that way she had um seven eight kids and one thing you didn't do was fight your brother or your sister mm. that automatically got you somewhere you didn't want to be and what was that place it toe up. That was the one. <laughs> <laughs> it got you toe up. It got you toe up. We're gonna talk about that that corporal punishment piece. I, I just read a piece. Um, you know, I've been reading about that and have my own thoughts on it. You know, I I, I definitely did uh, spank my children at at their young years, and of course, you slack off as they get older because you know lessons have been learned. lessons have been learned. Um, hopefully, and and we go forward. And so, you know, there's a conversation about whether or not um, spanking is something that's a part of our original African culture or if it's something that's, that's really a legacy of slavery and trying to keep our children safe in the, in the environment where if they got a whipping from somebody else, it was going to damage them for life. And so we want to get in between that damage and say, you know, put a little pain in them so they don't get the pain next to death. And so, um, so what's, what's your take on that? What's your take on, on uh, corporal punishment today? Um, you know, in my eyes, every situation needs to be looked at individually. So it's hard for me to talk, I guess, in general about, that but at the way i grew up of course we got whooped and depending on what you did whether you got whooped or toe up mm -hmm. okay so uh it's like level it's, it's level to this thing mm -hmm. so now if it was something where you going against your sister family member or you know um uh, or disrespecting an elder you got toe up mm -hmm. 
Now, other things that, you know, you maybe have just remind, been reminded of with your daily schedule as far as you knew you had chores to do. Okay, so mm-hmm. I'm finna get you. But that wasn't as, you know, I guess detrimental as the other whoopings were. Like I said, if you were disrespecting the elder, oh, you can forget it. Mm-hmm. But um, those are all things that I think are very important. Like I'm I'm not against whooping. Mm-hmm. My baby will tell you now. I tear that butt up, mm-hmm. but she knows exactly what she's getting whooped for. And if she don't, I'm asking her, do you know? And then I'm telling her why she's getting the whooping. It's not because you forgot something. It ain't because you made me mad. It's mm-hmm. because we've talked about this thing for the past two, three, four months, mm-hmm. the past year. And you know, this is something that either is going to uh, be damaging to your health, mental or physical. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's going to be consequences behind it. And two, like you said, once children get a certain age, you don't have to whoop them anymore. Mm-hmm. As long as you're consistent with them and in, in their love and in their discipline, Absolutely. you don't have to whoop them. You know, they're 15, 16. You don't have to do that. But in those earlier ages where, where I call them and I, so frankly to speak savages, you know, when, where they are the most physical, mm-hmm. that's, you can, you meet them on their playing field. Mm-hmm. So once your child gets past that level, you know, you meet them where they are. I I hear you. And it's, it's a, it's an interesting thing to, to, to balance talking about, because one of the things that we really love about children is their, their free spirits, their um, un, unbound spirits. They haven't yet learned how, uh, how we do things on this planet. You know what I mean? They're still figuring that out. And and they bring that divine energy with them. We look in those those eyes that look like starlight, you know, uh, when they're born and we and we just see divine presence. Yes. And some and that divine presence often gets spoken out, out of their mouths, you know? And a lot of times we act on fear. And what's my biggest fear? Speaking to the mic and tell them what's my biggest fear. Her biggest fear is when I'm getting hurt. So in my mind, I'm preparing myself to do anything rationally Absolutely. possible to keep her from being hurt. Now, whether in my mind is, <laughs> is you know, re- yes. yeah, I have to have, I have to have checks and balances too. So I have to have people in my corner who are going to say, now that was a little crazy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or that was absolutely correct you did i love the way you did that mm-hmm. i really think she got what you were trying to give her well i think that um what it is that you're trying to give her and what what, the, what i can witness you giving her is so much love so much reality so much agency over her own mind and so much ability to create and grow and learn what it is to live in this society it's just it's just phenomenal so um one of the things that we, we also spoke about was um, that she's already learning how to manage her money. And this is money that she has earned her own self. Absolutely. So tell, me, tell us a little bit about that. And I would like for you to tell us a little bit about that too, Aubrielle. She, um, I guess it comes, you, you know how you grow up in, the, in your household and it's always, mama, I won't, mama, I won't. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the first thing a black mama going to say is, where is your money? Right. So she wanted a bunny. And we, at this point, we had already had countless numbers of dogs, uh, puppies galore, hidden, like animals everywhere. So I was like, you know what? 
if you want this bunny, you're going to pay for it. You're going to get a job. You're going to work for it. So we actually sat down and I made her think of some things that she could do to uh, raise the money for her bunny. Now, granted, the bunny was only twenty four ninety nine. Okay. She raised over $200 selling lemonade and getting donations. Fantastic. And Fantastic. so I let her know, like, not when you get this bunny, this, the job doesn't stop. You still, if there are any medical bills, you still have to account for those. You still have to buy this bunny food, a place to leave, a cage, um, her bedding for, you know, her cage. So she saw that even though this only costs this amount, upkeep. And right. that's what we maintenance. That's how we get these cars doing income tax time and don't have them have exactly okay because we can't afford the maintenance. We don't teach our children enough about financial stability, we don't teach them enough about maintenance. Period mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maintenance on their bodies, maintenance on their cars, maintenance on their money and their spirits. And their spirits. So, that was something that I wanted to kind of touch on, even if it would, even if I didn't go in depth with it, mm-hmm. at least touching on it and all of these things now while she's young, I feel like, you know, it these puts are her it in a bone. Yes. Puts yeah. it in a bone. So next time she'll, as she grows older, she'll already have those principles so deep inside. Smooth. She will forget where this stuff came from. Tell us a little bit about your business, Aubrielle. Well, at first I really made like no money until, um, some people gave me tips and wanted some lemonade because it was kind of hot. So I end up making six, $116. That's, mm-hmm. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And what did you do with your money after you made it? Um, I think T.T. Sean or my mommy took it to get like this big cage for Stada so she could move around. And play a little bit. Mm-hmm. Styler's your um your bunny. Is that did I say her name right? Styler. Starla. Starla. Oh wow. She's like white and brown. And so uh, you enjoy playing with her. And she's and how long has she been? How long have you had her now? Mm, I don't really. Almost know. a year. Almost a year. High five on that girl. Okay. Take care of the bunny for she a whole came. year. June, I think she came in June, either June or July. Mm-hmm. So one of those months will make a year. So are you going to do some more uh, lemonade when it gets warmer? Yes. Awesome. It's almost summer. Almost summer. So it's time to, to do you make the lemonade yourself? No, we just like buy it from the store. Mm-hmm. And then we like have pink lemonade and regular lemonade. Awesome. That's fantastic. Well, that is such an excellent example. And I understand that you're doing very well in school, too. Thank you. All right. (laughs) Are you? Is that right? Is that correct? That is correct. Well, you know, so that value is also being passed on. The value of gaining those skills, gaining those, that education side of it, and then practically applying those skills, learning what to do with that math, learning what to do with those um, social studies, relationships between people, yeah. you know. And letting, and, them, and letting her get instant gratification too because that's, that's how our world runs. I can, when I go to work, I get paid the same day. Mm-hmm. When, you, when we go and we, we spend so much time on our jobs, we get bonuses, we get raises. So I want her to have that same incentive because – if this is how you're going to be, you know, playing the field, then you need to know how it's going to work. Absolutely. So 
just know what you're supposed to get, know when you're supposed to get it, but you always have to put in the work to get it. Don't expect somebody to just always hand you something just because they can. Beautiful. So tell me a little bit about your art. You are a, in fact, that's how, that's how I met you through, um, through my daughter, who is a poet and, uh, you all got together and you had a, a group of, of, uh, girl poets. Is yes, that right? yes, we did. The pen pushers. The so. pen pushers. <laughs> the pen pushers. Go ahead. Tell me about your poetry and um, how that came about. I started doing poetry in the sixth grade. Um, and yes. it, it was a project that we had to do. And we had um, just a list of different style poetry poems that we had to create. And I just kind of fell in love with it. And so by the time I was 10th, 11th, 12th grade, I was doing um, open mic nights at the, uh, I don't say local clubs, but <laughs> I was, and I, I did, I actually was not old enough to get into most of any other spots. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if I didn't have my mom show up with me sometimes, then I was like, they're not going to let me in. Right. My baby's trying to show this picture of us. Oh, that's a beautiful picture. And step, step. That is AKA gorgeous. Day. That's beautiful. But I, um, I, I'm just glad that my mom, who clearly was not into it, I'm just glad that she awarded me, you know, access to it because right. she could have easily been like, "I'm tired and I worked all day. I'm mm -hmm. not gonna go." A club, you know, she right, could have been like right. a club. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! We're not doing that. You too young. You too big. Absolutely. But I was so, I was so into it, and I was, I was always bringing something to her, mm -hmm. and I was always trying to get her to, you know, come out to whatever we were having. So, once she came and saw that it was not, you know, a club setting, it made her more comfortable with you know, mm -hmm. what I was doing. So then she started letting me travel, you know, with the team. And of course, like I said, I'm in high school. I'm not even a part of this team. Really. Right. So I'm like an honorary member and I'm feeling like on top of the world, like doing my mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. So that was a great, great experience. And it helped me um, later to become a host. Mm -hmm. um, and that's another thing that you do. Mm -hmm. You, uh, you, you get hired as an MC. Uh, in many occasions, and uh, are you going to be part of the, it's a she thing is coming up, are you going to be one of the MCs at that event? Yes, I will be um, coming up um, the 27th of this month, we'll be hosting a wine tasting, um, which is kind of a cancer benefit uh, for cancer survivors each year, um, our founder, who is Heather Johnson, she um, picks two people. Uh, preferably man and woman who are um, survivors of not necessarily just cancer, but who are survivors mm -hmm. of long-term illness. Mm -hmm. um, this year, her father will be receiving one of the awards oh, because wonderful. he, yeah, they found out unfortunately um, that he had cancer um, the beginning well, the end of last year. Wow. So, Their family has, has had some things to deal with. Um, she's her mother. Um, it's not myasthenia gravis. It was um, multiple sclerosis. Multiple sclerosis. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and her first benefits were in that arena, right? Yes. Yes. And uh, we have a wonderful turnout. We have um, people donating all kinds of things um, for door prizes to just prizes period like uh, 
once people find out about it, it's really cool that everybody kind of jumps in without right. you having to ask them Absolutely. to do anything. So I can bear witness me, that. Um, yeah, when she asked me, I was like, oh, what? Of course. Right. And last year, I was one of the winners of oh, one of those okay. uh, one of those prizes. I got a uh, one year family membership to the local Chihau Park, oh. and uh, you know we and we used it, and it was it's That's wonderful. Cool gift. And the beautiful thing about that gift is that um, Chihau is part of a national um, collection of state parks and so forth. And so you can get into other parks and other parts of the country once you have that membership at Chiha. So yeah, it, it's, it's a beautiful uh, event. And um, so tell me what's your role going to be this year um, and where is it going to be? It'll be at Havana lounge, um, downtown Albany on broad. Um, I don't know the exact um, location, the exact, you know, that's number. new, isn't it? I've never heard of mm-hmm. Havana lounge. They, they're only been around maybe like a year or two now. So they're fairly new here. Don't tell um, folks that I have, don't know about a club that's been here for okay. two years. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. But they, um, it's a really nice adult spot. It's, 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 you're not going to find too many under 25s hanging in this spot. Okay. So, mm-hmm. um, but really classy, very uh, all dark reds and rich mm. woods. And, mm-hmm. and it started off as a like a hookah bar, cigar bar. Okay. And they still hookah and they still have cigars. Um, and you can purchase all those things there. And it's a full bar. Um, but I think they also serve, I don't know, but I think they serve food. But for the event, we'll be have we'll have the event catered so you'll have um all types of wine available to taste um you'll have a full you know spread you come out eat and drink have a good time and basically um these events are for people to share their experiences because a lot of times when we're going through things and especially illnesses like this we don't want to bother people right we don't want to feel like a burden or we don't want mm-hmm. nobody we don't want people to really see what we have to go through but mm-hmm. that's life and you need somebody in your corner especially in times like this especially when you're you're most vulnerable mm-hmm. so these type events are for people who are already experiencing those things and not just people who are going through the illness itself but for people who are caring for them absolutely it's a a community thing it's a community thing and that that segues right into one of the other questions i wanted to ask you uh, about albany in particular and that is um what kind of family culture um do you recognize in albany um I'm not sure because my I, I, I'm so wrapped up in my family mm-hmm. and I'm so used to people telling me, what you got going on? Get down. I'm so used to people telling me that they are kind of like taken back from my family because how close we are. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know to not be close. Mm-hmm. So when, when I listen to people talk about how they haven't talked to their mom in years or I, it's it it saddens me but i don't i don't relate to i can't relate Mm because i've never but you do hear that i hear it often i hear it a lot of times even when i'm talking to my baby um strangers will be like you talk to your you talk to her so well or she talks so well y'all communicate so Mm -hmm. well and i'm like 
Um, uh, of course, I have to talk to her every day. I have mm-hmm. to like she has to know things. Mm-hmm. We have to, you know, <laughs> right? But I, I and just she has to know so how often. to express herself, and that's that's such an important exactly. thing. Exactly. We just had this lesson. I I had to teach about being able to express yourself, but doing it where it's not disrespectful or hurtful, but also fully being able to say how you feel, not just I hate. Or I don't, you got to tell me why you feel the way you mm-hmm. feel. You can't just mm-hmm. give me a, I think you are this, or I think you got to tell me why. Mm-hmm. You got to go into death details. And I, I don't want to talk about it. And, you know, just, it, yeah. And I, I finally understood after many years what the term acting out meant, you know, because in a case where people don't feel empowered or powerful enough to speak their own mind, then they act out how they feel rather than being able to communicate how they feel. And and also, and once you communicate that, it gives you an opportunity to say that to your own self, hear yourself, and then be able to work through it uh, in a conscious way. They get frustrated. Kids get frustrated just like adults do. And if you don't, if you feel like you can't voice yourself, like how am I supposed to get this out we don't give them the outlets Mm -hmm. just like you said if you know your child is not a talker or if they say I don't want to talk about it well we have to do something about it so you're either going to write about it you're going to act about it you're going to sing about it you're going to scream we got (laughs) to dance about it (laughs) okay so we have to do something about it because too often who I was reminded by my lovely friend Miss Tanoa kids don't have a lot of outlets or a lot of choices absolutely and we have to create them for them so if you're not creating these safe spaces for them what are they supposed to be doing right if you're not showing them how are they supposed to be knowing this kind of stuff exactly and the only thing your only response if if you know, and I'm not saying that this is this how widespread this is because I really not, am not sure. If your response to anything that they might say is is also acting out, it's also a slap in the mouth, it's also just a no without an explanation, it's also you know that's on that same level. Then they won't they don't have an opportunity to develop this, those communication skills. And so, uh, as a parent, I really uh, admire. Um, what you're doing with that. And um, let's, let's uh, change gears just a little bit and let's talk about um, how, how you think. As, as a poet, I think that I, I recognize, and my daughter being a poet, I recognize the, what, what I see as a very, very spiritual connection that poets have. Even, even beyond other types of writers, I think that poets get get a, a direct stream of divine inspiration. So so talk about you in terms of religion and spirituality and which one of those things resonates to you and how your poetry helps to uh, express that. Well, I'm not really a religious person, I, but I did grow up Southern Baptist. Most people already know how that goes. Um, yes, we do. But I'm definitely more spiritual because I believe in feeling more than hearing or do or you know Mm. what I mean like I believe in if I go out here and I run somebody over I'm gonna feel overwhelmed I'm gonna feel like you know I know I'm feeling as if 
I have done something horrible. So if my spirit is leading me to do something and that's not as, uh, you know, politically correct, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not worried about the politically correct part. I'm Mm -hmm. worried about what the spirit, how the spirit is feeling. Absolutely. Same thing I tell my child. Um, there are things that you know in your mind that are absolutely right and that you should be doing that you may get in trouble for, Mm. but it doesn't change the fact that what you did was right. That's right. Somebody else may view it as you is wrong because you is, you did it on the wrong side of town, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. but in your heart, if you felt like what you did was the right choice, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Everything will work itself out. A lot of times, and especially with me doing hair, um, we don't have a, a stability like your, your regular nine to fivers where you get that paycheck. So believe it or not, doing hair has made me have more faith in my God and my abilities because I would just have to put the work out mm-hmm. and just wait for it to come back to right. me. Right. And I, I can't call somebody and say, hey, um, you need to come get your hair done today. That's going to be a hundred dollars. Right. <laughs> like I have to wait for them to come to me. So I always pray for patience and my God, the way wow. he was teaching it to me <laughs> was a way that I never would have expected because mm-hmm. I was just naturally doing what felt good. Wonderful. And in doing that and opening up and, and, and giving my gift back to the world, I got a gift in return that wow. I was not expecting to come in the way that it came. That's gorgeous. So, so tell me about what, what poem are you going to share with us? I do hope you're going to share one Ooh. of them with us right oh now. Oh my gosh. What, uh, what comes to mind? <laughs> and I know you have, a uh, have, you know, pages and pages and pages as, as you know, um, I have not done any pieces in probably years. Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I'm going to have to go back to the Pen Pushers uh, collection and get something. I probably got notebooks all in my closet, stacked all on the stuff, like mm-hmm. full of stuff. But I, I just hadn't been, um, I guess, in the poetry. In that space. One thing about um, having children, uh, small children, is that it is a creative process. It's a lot of creative energy that flows into the process of being a parent, uh, of being a mother. So it does, you know, take some of that energy from from some of your other creative endeavors. Plus, with the with the having to activate that business head um, with your salon, that's and another that's thing. That's what that's what happened. Having to activate my business head made me be like, okay, you can't go every once twice a week right and sit in somebody's location and put on a free show anymore absolutely so um and then oh. you know how that goes with trying to be an an artist getting paid here or not just necessarily here just you know how the world treats the, artists exactly so that was a struggle and then you know fighting for space and venues when you're not make you ain't bringing in the money mm-hmm the poetry mm-hmm. crowd is a lot smaller than the turn up, get drunk, get crunk mm-hmm. crowd. So mm-hmm. business wise, I can't expect 
um, you know, a bit uh, a club owner or a promoter to want to step out with me and my, you know. I understand. That's something that we do want to change. Absolutely. And because we, uh, just as we have community supported agriculture uh, nowadays where our local farmers are able to um, promise to their to the community that they'll produce certain crops and then the community pays that in advance that gives the farmer some investment money and a little cushion under what uh, they have to do and it gives the community some locally grown and hopefully um, well grown without a bunch of chemicals and herbicides right. pesticides and all this stuff and stuff that is close to the market so you're eating food practically out of your own garden so that kind of structure builds so much around it because you you know the food goes to the schools it goes to restaurants it goes to homes and and then you have your your added value products that come from that the same thing can happen in the arts with the community um supporting the arts and it's one of my dreams for artists not to have to go to blow up in order to be able to make a good living why should an artist have to travel the world in order to make a living with their craft Absolutely. i just i just don't i don't believe in that and and i appreciate um the fact that and, and artists you know many artists have to be that kind of flexible in order to be able to, okay, I'm gonna put on this business hat for a while and and take care of this. And just just but if you're not if you're not born into some sort of wealth, how how do you make yourself accessible like that and still maintain your livelihood? Like it's almost impossible. We have taken so much focus off of being with your family that mm-hmm. is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I said, how what sense does it make for me to have to work a job just to pay someone else to raise my child? That's just to pay someone It's just else. a straight up, I mean, crazy choice um, oftentimes because a lot of times people, that's all you're working for. Yes. All you're working for is to pay, pay for childcare. But and I want to create memories. Mm. I grew up, we went on summer vacations. We, you know, pool parties and friends and families that type stuff molds who you are it gives it it makes you more appreciative Mm -hmm. it makes you cherish your loved ones it's just it's so many benefits to Mm -hmm. creating those happy spaces for kids and 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 adults too absolutely Absolutely. So in Albany, what would you say are the best and worst things about raising your child here? Um, probably the crime rate is pretty high. Mm-hmm. Um, and how does that impact your, your movement? How does that? Because you're always wondering, is something going to happen? Or, you know, you're, you're limiting to yourself, yourself from certain areas. You're limiting yourself when it comes to the times that you move about mm-hmm. uh, it, it puts limits on you because you're afraid of something happening right um, versus if you went somewhere where of course crime rate wasn't as high you feel like okay I'm not worried about if I get caught on this side of town mm-hmm. at this you know which is one of those night. decisions about why you can't why you moved from your salon 
and move your salon into your home. Safety, exactly. Well, exactly. So what about one of the best things about raising your daughter in Auburn? Um, most of my family is here. Mm-hmm. So she gets to have those strong family ties the same way I did. She gets to grow up with her cousins the same way I did. Um, and, and not necessarily because it's the same way I did. I just see, saw the benefits right. in that. Now, of course, there's some things that I may do, do different with her that, you know, I didn't grow up in, but it's just all like a learning process. You sifting out what you feel is like was most beneficial from things. Evolving black family. That's all. That's right. Keep what you want. Don't keep what you don't want. Exactly. Um, what is one of the greatest challenges that you face with your family other than? And other than the space, you know, the, the work-life challenge that you had that you figured out a way to solve. Anything else? Money is the biggest challenge mm-hmm. because you want to have, you, 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 in your mind, I have to put in enough time with my job. I have to put in enough time to make this money to do all of these wonderful things that I want to do with them. So it's finding that balance of how much time do I give my job before I say taking this trip to Disney ain't going to be worth it. I can figure out 10 more things I can do at a third or at a 10th of the budget Mm -hmm. and create just as many strong memories. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like figuring out like, how am I going to make this work? And it doesn't kill me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And um, so how do you, how do you deal with that? How, how do you, balance your your uh your checkbook i balance it like this <laughs> my hand, on my hand <laughs> I, I pay i i get i i always put aside small amounts for bigger things mm-hmm. and then the smaller things um and, and entertainment i guess are the ones i can just go ahead and you know play with put that money out but i have to i have to set aside like money management is something that i've struggled with forever Mm -hmm. so if i don't put aside and cash flow has to be an issue as a as a uh an entrepreneur oh and as you were talking about you you can't get up on on the phone and say okay come over here and give me a hundred dollars and i'll do your hair i got to make you want to come back exactly Exactly. And, and you blessed. do, I might add. I've been blessed to have clients who have literally turned into family members, clients who have been there since I was pregnant with my baby or before. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they help too. Like they, you have to recognize your help and recognize who, where your blessings are coming from. Mm-hmm. I've had clients who other people were like, why do you do their hair? And I have to tell them it's it's because number one, this is what I love to do. Mm-hmm. I said, and everybody else just throwing them to the side. So you mean to tell me I shouldn't want to get this money? Yeah, I won't get. But at the same time, I'm kind of helping them realize that they they have value, and that you're aggravating too. So. <laughs> I'm here to help you because let's not forget you don't show that on everybody else. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it, I'm, I have to meet people where they are. If you come, if you're coming in because you've been a problem client for X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. 
I'm not necessarily say that I'm going to put you in your place, but I'm going to help you understand what the problem is. Awesome. I'm not, the, I'm not the type of, um, stylist who will just do whatever you want me to do because you're paying me. Mm-hmm. No, ma'am. We gonna Education do it. comes along Absolutely. With it. Absolutely. And when you leave out of my salon, I'm going to make sure you know what to do with this hair when you leave me, because I don't, I don't need, I love you, but I don't need you coming back to me every other two, three days. Mm-hmm. I need you to be able to maintain yourself healthily, mm-hmm. maintain your hair healthily without me having to come in every day and coach you to, through things. So when my clients come in, we talk like whether it's about your hair or whether it's about your life. When you leave me, you're going to have something extra that you didn't come with. That's a beautiful tradition. A Absolutely. That, that tradition of, of, um, the the hair salon as a place to to learn as a place to grow just like the barbershop you know for the men the, the salon is a place to share a place to learn a place to grow and it's part of your ministry right now absolutely and not only that it is therapeutic for me mm-hmm. I, I don't know what i would be doing if i wasn't doing hair I, I, like i told somebody i need hair like i need air wow so if i'm not I've always done hair since the fifth grade. I can always remember doing some type of hair. So if, if I wasn't doing it, like, I don't know, I don't know what I would be doing, but it's, it feels right. And, and I get my confirmation like often Mm -hmm. I have, I've had, I've done hair for people who have cried when they've gotten up, who have got up and just hugged me, who have told me, I was just having a bad day. I didn't know what I was going to do until I came in here and you made me feel like I needed to feel like that. Well, that sounds to me like some Albany family culture. (laughs) So tell me um, one more question as we get ready to close. What is your um, five-year vision for your family? Um, In five years, my baby will be going to middle school and I would envision myself crying and <laughs> hoping I don't have to like blow her school up because <laughs> I just want everything to be wonderful. And hopefully me and my mister, we will have tied the knot by then and uh, have saved us enough money to go on this awesome vacation that we mm. want to go on mm-hmm. and everything's going to be where it needs to be. And hopefully within five years, I'll be um, in a position where I can do at least one year of homeschool for somebody. Wonderful. Wonderful. You know, uh, you mentioned uh, tying the knot and that was uh, that was a little conversation we had earlier. And I want to we've run out of time for today, but I definitely want to come back and and, uh, have that wifey discussion and uh, talk a little bit about marriage. You know, what is that? are you, are you married now already? Have you already tied the knot? Don't answer that right now. We'll, we'll save that for another day. <laughs> and uh, because, you know, it's about, it's about a lot of stuff. And we'll talk about that. Again, I'm not going to preview that conversation, but it has been absolutely wonderful talking to you, just like it was the last day I came in here and we <laughs> talked about everything just about under the sun. But one thing's for sure, the starlight, continue to shine through it all. It was, I mean, your commitment, your love, your appreciation and respect for your daughter just comes through everything that you do. And, 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 that's, and that's probably the best thing that I could hear. Yeah, it's, it's the truth. 
and uh and and what's behind you though that that ancestor the ancestry you know that's behind you that you feel you know every day of your life just permeates the way that you speak the way that you walk and the way that you're carrying that tradition on for Thank the next generations you. so anything else you want to want to tell our folks you have any events coming up or anything like that for salon sophisticates um I don't have anything coming up for the salon. Um, I am available. I do work seven days a week, uh, 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., but I am appointment only. So if you don't contact me, we can't do no business. All right. You want to uh, put your email address so folks can uh, get in touch with you when they need their hair done? Um, yes, you can reach me at um, Capiche Peterson at Hotmail. That's C A P. U-C-I-N-E, Peterson, P-E-T-E-R-S-O-N, no spaces, no caps, at hotmail.com. Awesome. And what about you, Aubrey? you have a couple of parting words to say for our, for our uh, audience? Um, well, I was really about to tell you where my school is, where it's from, and that's really that's really what i was gonna just tell you guys okay we're listening go ahead tell us that well my school is called international studies elementary charter school and it is on mark road and it is at georgia and sometimes i walk at the bus stop sometimes it doesn't come it does and it like takes me to school i go to breakfast and then i just start the whole morning. Do you enjoy it? Is that a yes? Yes. Yes. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> Don't we all need a day off, you know, from time to time? But uh, it sounds like that you are, well, not sounds like, you are very well spoken. You are well on your way to understanding so much on, uh, thanks to your mom and thanks to the, to the spirit that you have within you. And we are so happy to have had the opportunity to talk with you and uh, see the love that flows between you and your mommy. Thank you so much. And that is our edition for Blood and Spirit today. That's what it's all about. Blood and Spirit, Black Families Evolving. Y'all have a good day. <laughs>